1: Welcome to week 130 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm James Richardson and I'm joined as I always am with Barry O'Hanron. Hey Barry. James, how's it going? Good to be back. Um, Anybody who wants to get in contact with us, the Twitter handle is at agoodtalkgolf and our email is agoodtalkspoiled at gmail.com. And uh, we love hearing all your comments from over the course of the week. And we might touch on a few over the course of this episode. But yeah, um,
0: A little bit of constructive criticism from the waxter said uh, we shouldn't be rambling about our games for 20 minutes without a bit of focus on it. So uh, we'll take that on board and um, maybe focus our conversations around specific things we're working on um, going forward. So...
1: Well, I'm not even going to talk about my golf at the weekend because uh, it was pretty shit. So yeah, me too.
0: That, that sorts that out pretty quickly. A few, few better ball strikes on Saturday and uh, got blown away on Sunday. So um, yeah. So next week. Through, next week. Moving on, uh, the uh, the
1: news that has been coming out this week, I um, suppose, as well as in the continuation of the discussion last week, and um, the 2020 Olympic golf tournament has avoided being stripped of the event by deciding to change its own membership policy to include women and this was kind of a, a, a bit of a sticky point for the Olympics because obviously the way things have been moving over the last while and with the uh, with the, the Open being taken off Muirfield it was very clear that this was going to start a lot of pressure on the Olympics so they've kind of sidestepped that slightly which, uh, which is good Um and I suppose then you know this. This really been a lot of talk this week. Uh, Tiger has raised his head again um, this week at his the launch of his new book. And Barry, you were having a look at this, um, kind of just a few things that were being said about him that he's not going to make the Masters, and then there's kind of
0: yeah, like an actual public appearance, which is is good. We haven't really seen or heard much of him in the last few weeks, so uh, that's positive in the right direction. He was uh, he was on a I think a talk show and had a little putting contest against the host, Um, but you know there's everybody has reports and people hear this that and the other. So um, Brian Wacker, I think, was uh, if I'm correct on that, um, said it was very highly unlikely Tiger was going to play in the Masters according to multiple sources. But then Tiger's uh, agent has come out and said uh, it's an absolutely inaccurate statement. Um, Look, as, as we're all from what we. The lack of Tiger we're seeing in the last few weeks, it would seem unlikely that he's going to tee it up at the Masters, but um I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks' time.
1: And I suppose if uh, if he doesn't, we can always get our Tiger Woods fix by reading the book, which is the 1997 Masters, my story, where Woods has revealed the details about the historic victory, which some bits weren't known, um, I think, uh the image of him driving down uh, Magnolia Lane listening to rap music and uh, hip hop in a Cadillac courtesy car is probably something that we all uh, can now think of.
0: Um, and the thing is, uh, Masters week as well, we're going to see a whole bunch of highlights of Tiger's great performances as the Masters. So, you know, the, we'll get our Tiger fixed that way as well the week of the Masters. Look, we're all hoping he get, comes back and can actually play in it um, and play in it healthy. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll we'll find out as the, the days tick by.
1: Well, we'll we'll wait and see. If anybody's read the book, um, you might let us know at podcast uh, on the podcast Twitter handle, which is at a good Talk golf. And um, I suppose the other big news this week, and I suppose this happens kind of once every year, Sports Illustrated and Golf dot com do a an anonymous poll of pros uh, fifty. Of the top players, we don't know who they are or which 50, but 50 of the pros have been asked to give unfiltered opinions on dozens of the game's hottest topics. And I suppose there was a few of the usual kind of questions that were asked about pace of play, who's the fastest, who's the slowest. And I suppose uh, the speediest player seems to be Matt Every, who 18% have said that he, he's the fastest. Um Probably not an overly huge surprise to see Ben Crane and Jason Day and Kevin Nan and Jordan Spieth being named and shamed. Um, I think Jason Day a couple of weeks ago basically said he'll play at his own pace and whether he means he has to take, I think I have the quote here, if that means I have to back off five times then I'm going to back off five times before I have to actually hit the shot.
0: Um, yeah, the fines for these guys, I don't care about the fines, it's... Yeah, they'll pay that for at the risk of uh, or at the cost of winning a tournament. I'm happy to suck those up. Um, it's it's when they start getting shots penalties. That's when it'll really start. Don't uh, soften their cough a bit.
1: Yeah, interesting. Eighty four percent of the players, and again, we are only talking about fifty. So we have to put it in perspective. Eighty four percent of the players said that. So slow play is a problem on the PGA Tour. And uh, only 40% of them saying that they would get behind this kind of idea of a shot clock. Now, oh, t- you know, I don't like that idea at all. I, I think that's I think the problem with that is, you know, when when does the clock start when it doesn't when it, you know, and I just think that, uh, you know, there's other ways of doing it than kind of having a ticker on the clock. And, you know, what if he's if if he's a second over is there, you know, it, it, it becomes no, no, a nightmare no, no. like it's it's not going to work
0: golf is not a timed sport like to that degree um so that's not not going to happen
1: and um, i think they, the the general attitude was you know a bit more sense and a bit more common sense is needed by both the tour and the players to to try and um fix the problem internally and in interestingly there's there's a few um you know hotter topics which i i, I think we're going to touch on a few of them at the moment and Unsurprising, twenty six percent said that Phil Mickelson was the uh, has the greatest short game on tour. So, don't think that's probably a huge surprise to anybody. And Jordan Speeth having a thirty seven percent having the best putter on tour.
0: The only surprise there is that only twenty six percent voted said that Phil had the best short game.
1: Yeah, well, just uh, who else was there? Uh, Jordan Spieth, eight percent. Patrick Reed, Aaron. Badly, 8%. Jason Day, 6%. Uh, interestingly, 6% said themselves. Um, there was a obviously a, a box that allowed them to say me.
0: You need to have self-belief, I guess.
1: Um, and there was 34% saying don't know or another person. Um, Want to have a guess who you think was the, the best ball striker on tour was?
0: um i just i haven't read i saw a couple of headlines of this but stayed away from this on purpose for the uh for the sake of the show i'm gonna go with henrik stenson uh no 10
1: henrik stenson again uh me came ahead of that <laughs> really
0: <laughs> at 14 percent, I'm, I'm getting on this guy me for the masters
1: yeah yeah he's he's good uh charles howell the third 16 percent oh wow, okay um, but uh We were talking about him earlier, and as I said, it kind of was a wide ranging uh, conversation that they were asked to to do. But um, do you want to have a guess? Uh, Yes, no. um, Will Tiger win another tour event?
0: The overwhelming majority. Hmm. I'm going to say no. 66% said
1: yes, 28% said no. And then, out of curiosity, will Tiger win? another major.
0: I like how optimistic these guys are. Well, based on 66% that he'll win another event, I'm going to say the majority said yes. Well,
1: you would be completely wrong. Okay, there uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Se- 72% so. agree with me uh, that says no, he will never win another major. Only 16% say yes and 8% say they hope so. So the overwhelming uh, majority would be saying you know, unlikely. Well, obviously... We've talked about whether or not he'll make it to the Masters this year, so I suppose there's a few times that he's going to miss this year. Do PGA Tour caddies deserve a cut of the revenue from the sponsorship on their bibs? And this is this is a pretty big topic at the moment because this has been basically a free billboard for normally the tour event that's taking place. So whoever, if it's the BMW mm-hmm. Championship or if it's you know Honda, they're given the bibs. They have no ability to... You know sell their own shirt space or sure. sell their own sponsorship areas. they can't even co-sponsor, so you can't have the front is theirs and the back is mm. the, the main sponsor. So this has been a little bit of uh, debate going on over in the states, particularly about the amount of free advertising these guys. Well, they are they tried to
0: bring a case, didn't they? I mean this they're on TV a lot. like they're on the screen a huge amount and so it's it, big
1: like th- those bibs are are far bigger than what's on 90% of the pros you know they the pros will have it on the the chest area or maybe down the arm but that's subtle, it yeah, yeah you know it's it's not big and yet these guys are going with a big bib mm-hmm. with a big BMW or a big Honda classic or sure. you know Coca-Cola whatever it is and this is a question that's asked to the pros so do you think the pros backed saying yes or no do the PGA Tour caddies deserve a cut of the revenue from the sponsorships on their bibs
0: it's a dangerous set of results to be held you know it's an anonymous poll but it's dangerous information of you know, the pros um, holding this or what their answers are I'd like to think that they sided with the caddies I'm going well, to go with the majority said that the, the caddies should get a cut uh,
1: no it was tight uh, 54% said no Forty-four percent said yes. Two um, percent said they didn't know. Uh, interestingly, they were also asked in this uh, this survey to, to fill out kind of information if they wanted to kind of give expanded answers. And mm. they're on the on the website, it's under loose lips. Uh, one pro said no. The money they deserve trickles down to them. That's pretty pretty cutting. Um, Another guy says, they deserve that as much as I deserve to be paid to play a Wednesday pro-am. Ooh. Um, yeah. You know, so, like, it's certainly, uh, you know, they say... Uh,
0: well, like, oh, I don't know about that. Like The pro-ams put money into the tour events. It does. I mean, it, 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 and it raises money helps. for good causes. And, and the charities. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, there's there's also one here, uh, not a cut, but I think covering their health insurance is fair. I would have thought that that was the kind of thing that kind of went as part of the package with the, mm-hmm. uh, the tour players, but maybe not. Um, so, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, you know, there's, there's interesting things about, you know, what's the worst course on the current PGA Tour, and, you know, people can have a look at that. There's a few other ones. Would you rather win one time a year on tour for the next decade or win the Masters but never win another event in your career? So I suppose this is asked in the context of a lot of people say, you know, well, a major is a major, and if you never won anything else, at least you're a one-time major. Sure. Or yeah, an elite consistency over a ten-year period of winning one event. And it's the Masters
0: as well. Like it's a super elite group because not, you know, it's always a limited field. I'm going. I'm going with the major. Has to be a major. Green jacket winner. Well, again,
1: and I'm surprised by this. Sixty uh, percent of the fifty. 50- pros that were asked said they would rather win once a year for the next decade only 36% said they would take the Masters that's surprising uh, 4% said they couldn't decide
0: um, 10 victories 10 victories I suppose look if you get your I suppose you, you get your Masters I mean if you think about it in monetary terms they get their Masters you get prize money for the Masters you get your sponsorship deals you get all your endorsements you get the whole year of touring around with the Jackets you're going to build up a decent wedge of money from that but yeah, you're not to, to, to try to go and win a tournament then over the next ten years and not win one, that's that will hurt you I suppose after winning the Masters. We could ask you're,
1: Danny Willett in ten years.
0: guys. <laughs> well <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose I see the, the longevity of winning once a year for ten years. You know, you've you've got a consistently high performing career.
1: Well that's the other thing, is is it a is it a four day shootout or is it a ten year career where you have consistency of I win now. I know mm. it's obviously all hypothetical, but it's an interesting one. I think um, you know most of us would have always assumed that a pro would take take a major over yeah. regular events, even over ten years.
0: Well, there you go, they prefer the longevity over the flash in the pan theory, even though that flash in the pan would be a green jacket flash in the pan.
1: Something we've talked about in the past and something that we've, we've liked when they've done it is the, the microphoning of the players or the miking up of the players. Mm-hmm. So they ask them, would you be willing to wear a microphone during a competitive round uh, for the TV broadcast? Um, There's
0: a lot of guys on tour would do that, just because of their personalities what they'd be, they'd be happy to do it. yeah
1: well the majority said yes just fifty two percent said yes and forty four percent said no uh quite a few of them replied basically saying yeah um as long as I don't get fined for the language um <laughs> and uh it would certainly need to be um it it would need to be for mature content because uh, uh one guy was very honest that said um what was it? Yeah, sure. Give just give me two years to practice not cursing while playing golf, which I think yeah, I think is pretty pretty good.
0: As it's universally uh, applicable.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose there was one or two others, and we'll we'll wrap it up in a second. Uh, should the Players Championship, and this is something that we've kind of talked about this this kind of competition this, around the PGA. It's falling now in with the NFL, and you know, kind of with the 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 players or the tour championship at the end it's kind of losing a bit of something every four years the olympics so should the players championship be moved to march and the pga move to may and the that way you'd have the players in march masters in april and so on so they'd be in effect a major with a little asterisk in march but a major every april, month. april may
0: june july through the summer, yeah, yeah. and then rather, August. Rather than the open and the players being really tight together, yeah,
1: and then you're looking at then, you know, the end of the tour season going through August because come September, the NFL in America, this is an American uh, questionnaire, so obviously it's 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 focusing very much on the American side of the the, the pond. Uh, so, should the Players Championship be moved to March and the PGA moved to May?
0: Well, I mean, I like the idea, so, but that doesn't mean I'm in line with what the players think. I'm going to go with yes. Well, you haven't been so far. So. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with yes. To yeah,
1: try to si- 66%. So a fairly well overwhelming majority, 66% are saying yes. And I, I have to agree. I think it would make sense. It, it, it's a nice way to start. You know, the players, it's, it's not a major. It's a start of, a, you know, it's a mini yeah. major. And it gets the season starting in March rather than we have to wait to, to kind of April for the Masters. Well, so My only fear would be does it detract a little bit from the excitement of the Masters, which is the first big, big tournament. No, nah, um, no
0: way. But WGCs, I know WGCs aren't quite on that level with the players. The players are just that a little bit above them because it's only one event in the year where there's multiple WGCs. But uh, I think it'd be a good way to kick off the year. It's a long stretch from the last the current last major of the year all the way through to the Masters. That's always going to be the case regardless of what you do. The Masters is the first one of the year. So I don't don't think it matters what you put in front of the Masters. It's not going to take away from it at all. And I do like the idea of spreading out the majors because in the current setup, I mean, in theory, somebody could get on a really hot run for the three weeks and win the Open Championship and the PGA Championship. I always feel that the PGA feels like a slightly underwhelming encore to the first three majors of the year it's it is the, it is the, the I mean sorry it actually can be the strongest field of the year because it, it's the, it allows the FedEx
1: which has become such a big tournament uh, for the money to to kind of stand its own grounds in August and, and, and you could do the four weeks or you know four weeks through August mm. um, and obviously that's good weather it's perfect timing Um I think that this is very much it's it's looking at one eye over its shoulder about what's happening at the NFL. And obviously when the NFL starts, a lot of the Sunday, which obviously is the finishing day for all tournaments, you start losing that because simply... Everybody has turned their attention in America to sure. American football. How, how many
0: viewers could they lose? Like a million, two million viewers. Well, I know because normally
1: when we get to kind of September, I'll have one eye on the NFL season, yeah. and I will flick back and forward. And um, it does detract, I think, from the Tour Championship. There is ten million at stake. There's a lot of sponsorship mm. money going into it, and um, so it's obviously looking at that. I suppose then finally, uh, should the PGA Tour publicise its own disciplinary actions against players? So Mark. obviously we've had this discussion in the past well, with I, Justin Johnson and so on. But I'm
0: going to say that like about 80% plus of the players said no, they shouldn't publicise it.
1: Well, again, you're not you're not right. Um, <laughs> so 56% said no and 40% said yes, with the remainder saying they don't know um, some of the loose lips comments on it said, "No, we have the public's trust. Why mess with that? It depends on what it's for." One hundred percent, yes. And then I suppose one person said, "No, they've got to protect our image." So you know, I think I think I'd probably come down on the side of what it's for. I think if it's mm. if it's a serious violation, then I think there has to be some. I think the, I think the public. Say for instance, what we all have a fairly good idea that happened with one tour player. I think that should be told because I think it's important for the integrity of the game to know that anti-doping is going on and that these tests are happening. If it's for a personal violation or personal use, then maybe not so much. But I think that you know there is. It depends on where on the scale it is. Can you have a halfway
0: house or do? You, do you just well, I, I don't think this? like if you're
1: getting if you're getting fined for cursing or for going to like one guy. Um, Uh, it says have you ever been fined or disciplined by the PGA Tour and 78% said no 22% said yes and one guy said I was fined $200 for peeing on the golf course once I mean what could I do there weren't enough port a Um, I I don't know if we need to know that like that's that's not really like it's not gonna I'm not questioning the integrity of the game Mm. but I do think if somebody takes a 6 month uh, sabbatical I think there should be some way of if it's not the first time it's 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 held back, but maybe the second time, if it happens, then it should. Um, yeah, I,
0: th- I think if you end up with this, like it's I, I, to me, it's either on or off. I think if you have this halfway house, then it's open to manipulation and favors from the the hierarchy to to do a swing a favor for one of the big names who's got something that just needs to be kept. They think should be kept uh, under the carpet, and then for somebody else, they're like, oh, he's not so big a name. But do you think people we, we, try we and get use, away with it? We, do you
1: think? Do you think if you knew that you were never going to have your name released, hmm. would would it? You know, would you be willing to take a risk uh, for a serious violation? Like I mean, I mean, like you know, either doping or recreational drug use or something, something of that, like beta blockers or taking something that is of an enhancement. If you knew you weren't ever going to get that information wasn't going to be released into the public domain does it does it give some form of cover to somebody to to be tempted
0: i think it does but at the same time we the public you know without being told explicitly what it is for the news gets out it's just not officially announced so we all have with reasonable confidence uh, the knowledge of what certain players were not were away from the tour for you know so that the information does get out there it just doesn't come out in an official press release from the tour or the association so i think i think it should be on or off i don't think there should be a halfway house where certain via certain uh, infringements or infractions are publicized and told and other ones aren't because i think it's open to Extra manipulation, so um, it's interesting. Yeah, I know. I you mean, know, like it's uh, the, the way it's, it is.
1: It's hard to the way it is right now. One way or the other, isn't
0: it? The information comes out regardless the way you know the way it is right now. So the only thing, the only difference is whether it's coming from the official um, bodies or not. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't see them changing their uh, stripes uh, anytime soon or their spots anytime soon.
1: Well, I I think it's a really interesting. Uh, Inside, there's a lot more that mm. we haven't touched on. I, I'd recommend you go on. It's a Sports Illustrated and Golf.com um, poll of pros. It would be interesting if they didn't do it as you, uh, as 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 hidden as to what the answers would be, um, because I think they probably only get the truth because it's anonymous. Oh god, yeah, um, of course.
0: No, it's and this year's, I like the they've really gone a little bit heavier on the questions this year, or a bit more. Well, i am searching a bit deeper with the questions Yeah, like they, There's
1: loads in there for people if they want to have a look at all of the stuff to do with, um, you know, does Rory lift too much weights and blah, 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 and <laughs> the name and shaming. Uh, we haven't gone into it. You can have a look at it yourself. Um, a Good Talk Golf is the Twitter handle. Uh, let us know what you think, whether or not you agree with the, some of the, the, the outcomes of the poll. Let's have a look at last week's... Um, Events the LPGA were playing um, the Bank of Hope Founders Cup at Wildfire Golf Club in the Marriott Phoenix Desert Ridge Resort and Span Phoenix, Arizona it was played over the six thousand six hundred and seventy nine yard par seventy two and uh, Sweden's Anna Northquist has won it by two shots, taking home the two hundred and twenty five thousand dollar check. With uh, some superb golf at 67, 67, 61 on Saturday and a 68 for a 263, 25 under. This was a low, low shooting uh, golf tournament. Yeah, it
0: was. <laughs> um, it? More, ten, sorry, nine players finished at 20 under par or better. It's absolutely sensational scoring. It must have been an awful lot of fun.
1: And I think... Think to put it uh, every all seventy two uh, sorry seventy two out of the seventy four players who made the weekend were all under par six under, um, poor old Kaylin Yoist who was seventy uh, fourth she ended up at level par some six shots back, um, but this this is some shooting even you know four under didn't even get you into the weekend. Um, this was just clearly a, an absolute shootout, but some of the big names, you know, again, back at the top, Stacy Lewis, Nana Yang, Imbi Park was there, Lydia Ko, top 10, um, you know, Brooke Henderson, again, you know, top 15. So, again, the usual names in the LPGA coming to the top of these fields. and
0: uh, Yeah, and Anna Nordqvist won the putting contest, so, uh, yeah. She's a she's a serious player. We saw her uh, a few years back at the, the Irish Ladies Irish, Irish Open, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, which was great. Actually, I think we found her golf ball, uh, did it not come our oh, direction, just did, off the yeah. fairway, and uh, we uh, we were standing nearby, so we we, yeah. we pointed it out to her, so I, there you're welcome. A, I that <laughs>
0: was an early attempt to save, save the world from a good talk spoiled.
1: Uh, well, that's it. Um, so, congratulations to her. There was no European tour event, as we know, and the... PGA Tour was at the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill Golf Club in Florida and this was I suppose uh, well firstly it was played over the 7419 yard par 72 and uh, Mark Leishman had a superb finishing couple of uh, days to finish at 11 under one shot ahead of Kevin Kisner and Charlie Hoffman with Rory McIlroy another further shot back at minus nine Um, Lots of alligators on this. A lot of people uh, (laughs) either being afraid of them or being stupid with them.
0: I Um, think everybody's seen that at this stage. The disrespect to the alligator, just smacking it into the... um, Well, he's
1: lucky it didn't turn around and have a good go at him. Uh, That looked like a
0: very experienced hand, knowing exactly how that was going to react. But uh, yeah, it was quite funny. So um, let's
1: let's talk about
0: um, the tournament. This was this was really enjoyable. I re- it was like a really great celebration of Arnie's life. Um, I had
1: first time Arnie wasn't there. Obviously, this yeah. is the first time it being played. A lot of sentiment around that this weekend.
0: Loads um, so, of really well produced and well done, well meaning and warm clips and stories and reminiscing about Arnie, and um, I couldn't get enough of it. I really really loved it. I had the opportunity, it was Paddy's Day here on Friday, and I plonked my butt on the couch and watched the PGA Tour Live feature groups. Oh yeah, which Um, is a
1: great feature. It is really superb, isn't it?
0: If anybody hasn't done this, I think you can get it free for a week. Um, And if you have a day off, like a Thursday or Friday, I'd highly recommend doing it because... This week was a huge bonus. I got to watch Ricky Fowler's in one group and Rory McIlroy was in the other group. Like two of my and, favorite and golfers, and you're seeing
1: every shot of all of the those two to, uh, those two groups this all is, the way from start to finish. This okay. is
0: where I'm getting to. Yeah, so you only have the two, you only have six golfers. They only have six golfers to focus on. So you see everything. You see how they go about their round, what they do. You get an awful lot more time looking at the golfer, how they interact between shots. You know, you see them chatting and they're you know having a laugh they might get serious for a while and go into their own bubble but you get to see exactly how the best golfers in the world approach a whole round of golf not just in for a clip out for a clip and off to the other part of the tournament. so to see the entire round kind of unfold in front of your eyes is, is just magnificent so I'd highly recommend doing that if you can some some Thursday or Friday book a day off from work sit down with a few beers and just
1: I, I, I think you can do it, it over the weekend I'm not can you? I, I'm pretty sure okay, it, it nice. goes through the weekend but I might be wrong on that. If you are in the UK or not, and Ireland and if you are on Sky Sports and yeah. have Sky Sports you can also get it online uh, through the, the Sky Sports website. That's true actually. Uh, yeah. So even if you're not taking a day off work you can watch it in work if mm. you can get away with it. <laughs> so there are, there are ways. Um, if it's not formally on Sky One or Sky Two, or whatever, it's on the red button just for any of the UK, Ireland listeners. Yeah, they had um, it on
0: Sky Sports 4, just straight up there on Friday, which was, uh, yeah. One so of let, let's talk about this two. tournament.
1: So, Mark Leishman, 71 66, 71 69, for 277 minus 11, one ahead of Kevin Kisner and Charlie Hoffman, who started in the final group on, on Sunday. Unfortunately for them, brilliant for Mark Leishman. The 73s that those two lads put on their scorecard on Sunday just wasn't good enough. and That swing of of, of four shots was substantially the difference for Mark Leishman, ultimately. Was it simply that, that just Mark Leishman went about and, and, and was able to put a 69 on the card? Or did Kevin Kisner, Charlie Hoffman, did they have chances... Oh. To, to try and push this into to playoffs or to get Leish, the W.
0: Leishman was in kind of stealth mode, you know, the quiet stalker really for most of the day. Uh, Charlie Hoffman's going to be absolutely apoplectic with himself. Bogies four of the last five holes to lose by one. I mean, the guy's going to be... Uh, that's going to take a while to get over to that sort of collapse. Um, Kisner looked in really great shape for a long time and then started getting a bit rocky and, you know, he just... He just couldn't make it happen. A um, couple of bogeys on his back nine, and just couldn't find a birdie, especially at that sixteenth. I suppose that's where Leishman um, kind of struck that huge blow, that massive eagle putt that he held. And um, I mean, I'm sure people have seen the highlights. His his par on 18 was really superb. That great chip up to uh, you know along the length of the green, uh, very composed. <sighs> There was a lot of guys out there who had their chances there on Sunday. Um, Rory, as well. I mean, speaking for the Irish angle, Rory had a really good shot and um, just didn't quite happen for him. You know, bogeyed 18, but he was going for it, the birdie at that stage. So it doesn't really matter. If he misses the birdie, that's it. So, you know, the, the bogey is kind of incidental. Um, but, but, Ultimately, for Rory,
1: it, 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 was, it was a case of Thursday was the undoing. It was a 74 sure. on day one 71, 65, 69. Again, we see Rory. We're a couple of weeks away now from mm. the Masters. Just slowly ticking away, you know, bubbling under top tens, top fives. Hasn't got the W. Nope. but but that's not necessarily where we're at. He's, he's uh, saving
0: it for Magnolia Lane and the Green Jacket, I think.
1: Yeah, like th- these performances are going to obviously ramp up pressure sure. on particularly Rory and obviously we know he can handle that pressure, but there is going to be a lot of conversation going into Masters week that Rory is the guy that you'd have to be looking at at the moment See, based I, on some I, of the results. I disagree with well.
0: that. I think you're going to have multiple focus on across the board on players. You're going to have DJ. Was going to, it was going to be a huge conversation piece coming into the Masters. Spieth with his ridiculous record at Augusta is going to be there. Rory, of course you know people be asking Jason Day's got a superb masters record will he pop up and um, you know i think the focus will be spread across quite a few golfers there's a lot of guys playing very good golf and it's it's hard for the media just to focus on one one player like Rory um th- there's so many big names who are putting their hands up at the moment
1: and is this the problem with the way the the, the tour is at the moment dustin goes out wins back to back we're all talking about Dustin. Mm-hmm. Jordan speaks playing really well. We're all talking about Ricky that. Fowler does Ricky Fowler. Rick then the Rory. problem is that they, they take a week off or they take two weeks off. And then another name, whether sure. it be Rory or whether it be Jason there or whoever it be, comes through and now all of a sudden the focus, you forget about Dustin. And then in a few weeks' time, you kind of go, geez, how did I forget about him? Almost. It, it is that great ability at the moment that there is so many top, top quality players that makes it so exciting looking at the Masters, looking at all of them being in the one place at the one time and you're just hoping that they all bring their A
0: game. It's kind of like watching a ridiculously big horse race and one guy will put his head out in front you go, oh, look, there he is and then he'll drop back into the pack and you completely forget because another horse will put their head out in front. I mean, it's just... It's 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 magical at the moment.
1: You know, you look at someone like Justin Rose tied
0: 13th this week, you know, like... They're, they're he's my sort of half-sleeper bet for the Masters. But there's
1: a guy, you know, he, he was ticking along 71, 70, 70, 73. You know, okay, it's four under, it's a top 50, but again, we're not even thinking, we're not even talking about him now. I know we are now, but, yeah. you know, you might not be talking about him.
0: Don't put your bets on him um, <laughs>
1: And and that not that the, you know, we haven't talked about Matsuyama, who, you know, a few weeks ago we were saying he's the hottest form player on tour that's the thing at the moment that you know right now week by week you're looking at someone who's playing playing well they take a week off and the other guy comes back and plays really well and it's obviously a big tournament for these guys Arnold Palmer was such a big player and and such a mentor for a lot of these players I saw Mark Leishman talking you know that it was an honour to win it Sad that he wasn't at the back of the eighteenth green this year, but I suppose that's just the nature of, of life. And um, as a tournament, Barry, uh, for somebody who watched a lot of it, good enjoyed it. You know, mm-hmm. it, uh, like I saw, I saw Sunday. I, I thought it was a great tournament. Um,
0: I really liked the way the course set up during the week. You know, it allowed it was allowed scores early on. Well, not so much on Thursday morning when the the weather was pretty poor, but you know, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, there was definite scoring available. If you're hitting the ball well, you could really, you know, put a nice round together. Um, but the, the way the course was, you know, firmed up, the, the weather cooperated, uh, it was nice to see it kind of develop through the week and, and be, and be a slightly different challenge every day, which, um, it's really cool to see. It's not the guys going out and playing the same thing day after day. So, um, yeah, I'll, I really, really enjoyed the tournament. There was a really great special vibe about it this week and uh, just loved watching it and hearing all the stories about Arnold. Was just, it was just a nice refresher, a nice memory to something that, you know, it wasn't a year since he passed away. It was, it was a nice kind of reminder about how great a guy he was and what he's done for the game. And yeah, i I'm looking forward to it again next year.
1: Just, uh, I have to say, a tip of the hat to David Lingworth, who, um, you know, on, on Sunday, came in with 88, um, and still played through. Most of the time, you'd see a lot of the players walking off, with an, a, you know, inverted commas, injury, um, after a few holes, 16 over for the day, it, um, it was not pleasant, um, and one that I'm sure he's going to try and forget. Just
0: I would have taken that on Sunday for my score.
1: <laughs> well, you'd take it any day for, mm. for your score. And um, all right, well, so congratulations to Mark Leechman, the winner of this year's uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. Let's look ahead to next week, and we have the LPGA is down at the Key uh, Key. P.A. Classic in uh, Carlsbad in California. It's going to be played over the six thousand five hundred ninety-three yard par seventy-two. And uh, is there the betting field we available?
0: Yeah. Uh, Aria Jutanagarn is fifteen to two. N.B. Park is nine to one. Uh, Lydia Ko is ten to one. Shan Feng is twelve to one. Hannah Jang fourteen to one, along with Sung Hyun Park. Inji Chun is sixteen to one. Stacy Lewis eighteen to one. Soyeon Ryu is twenty to one. Lexi Thompson and Anna Nordkvist last week's winner, are twenty two to one. Brooke Henderson twenty eight to one. We've Jessica Korda, Hyoju Kim, and Amy Yang at thirty three to one, and the rest of the field are forty to one and out. And Look, then lovely Californian sunshine for the girls. Absolutely,
1: and I think you know, go with the. Go go with the the usual names there if you're looking at any of the betting, and um, there is a, that's, that's that's loose. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the PGA and the European Tour are at the WGC Dell Match Play, but we'll come back to that at the moment. There is a second event for guys outside of the the top fifty that aren't at the WGC, which is the Puerto Rico Open, which is at the Coco Beach Golf Club yeah. in Rio Grande, Puerto Rico. It's going to be played over the 7,505-yard par 72. And this is usually a really good event for guys who aren't playing, obviously, in the WGC to get their card, get a win, and uh, secure their tour card for a couple of years.
0: Yeah, you're not up against the, the biggest of the big names. Um, so there might be you know, that intimidation factor, maybe staring down one of the, the, re- the really uh, marquee names on Sunday is not quite there. Um, in saying that, there's still some very good players um, in play this week. So Gray McDowell, uh, alongside Wesley Bryan, are 16-1 to favourites. So it shows you that the bookies can't make their mind up over who's going to win this. And it usually is the same every year. Um, Graeme Delette's 20-1. to 1. Matt Jones, Luke List are 25-1. to 1. Keep an eye for Luke List. He absolutely pounds the ball. Um, Scott Brown, JJ Spawn, Peter Uline, and Ian Poulter are 28-1. Peter Uline making a little trip across to... Um, P.J. Tour from the European Tour, Danny Lees, 32 to 1, Chris Kirk, 33 to 1, Harold Varner, 35 to 1, David Hearn, 40 to 1, alongside Bryson DeChambeau, Fabrizio Zanotti, JT Poston, Alex Cheka, Brandon Hagey, Torbjorn Olson, Dominic Bazzelli. holy crap, there's a lot of people at 40 to 1, um, then we have our own Seamus Parrott fifty to one alongside some you all know Will and Will Mackenzie, uh, sixty to one uh, with a whole bunch of others.
1: And uh, you can go go online and see all of them. Yeah, 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 <laughs> all the way
0: down to yeah a lot to one.
1: So let's turn our attention to the main event this week, and it's the WGC Dell Match Play. It's being played at the Austin Golf Club uh, in Texas. It's over the seven thousand one hundred eight yard par seventy one. And um, Barry, this is as. My best memory is that this is the the group format, mm-hmm. and then it's it's knockout after that. Unsurprising, Dustin Johnson is 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 ranked number one. Rory is number two. And um, there is four per group, and uh, some of the groupings have uh, put a few very interesting little pairings together, which will be nice. Like, yeah, we
0: probably too too long to go through them all. But, yeah, uh, but so like, some look, like ones there. Jace,
1: Jason Day, uh, Mark Leishman, you know, two mm-hmm. Australians in 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 the field there um in their group 3 group 7 the two uh, uh Spanish players Sergio and Ram like Shane Lowry's in that as well this is a really interesting tournament because this is this is one that you know you can get on a bit of a hot streak you can you know match play being different Yeah. stroke play you can find yourself all of a sudden looking at the lights of Tongjai uh, Jayidi you know, all of a sudden coming through like he did a few years ago. You can find players that you don't necessarily think. Do you remember, do that we, guy do you remember, is Victor Douby
0: song. His his heroic stand in the desert that was, you know, brilliant watching. That's the thing about this tournament. Um, what what like throw a dart in the if you're going to back the overall thing, it, you could literally be uh, wiser. You know, none to throw a dart at the field and see where it lands. Is and this back the that kind
1: guy. of event for people who like? having a bit of a flutter that might look at just individual head to heads yeah. and might pick kind of you know I think uh, so say like for instance I'm just looking here like Paul Casey against Josh Luton and trying to see you know I'll put money either side or, or try and yeah. try and build up a pop maybe over the course of the week on small individual matches rather well, than an overall winner
0: we're like we're so so far from professional gamblers but I think that's probably the better way to do it because you're you're only relying on that one match and Look, it's still a coin flip. These guys are all really good. You're not going to get any easy matches out here where you can just roll somebody over. Um, like you might, somebody might have played really poorly last week, but match play is just such a different thing. And you know, if you make a double or a triple bogey, you don't have, you know, you're not plus two or plus three for that hole. You've just lost a hole, and you can easily bounce back with a birdie and win the next. So, um, it kind of frees up some guys, and you know, allows them to be aggressive and. Somebody kind of gets hot with their wedges or irons they can really start um, you know winning holes very quickly, and that match can be over before in the blink of an eye against anybody in that field so i, I like I like the match betting um, I think it's fun it's 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 very hard to back a golfer from the very start and see him all the way through in the tournament and um, it just year after year we see the surprises pop up in this event, and uh, I hope to see it again there, and tomorrow I was oh, sorry Wednesday the first day. It used to be you know when it used to be the everybody it was just a bracket of 64 and you'd every that was it the golfers all played and somebody got knocked out but we now have three rounds where you get where everybody's on the course so it is you, you get to see an awful lot more of all the golfers rather than one a guy playing one match and going home and saying that even though the format's been tweaked to get more golf in for the guys there's a few big names have skipped it this week um it's probably just due to scheduling and they just want to they're probably they've got more than one eye on the Masters in a couple of weeks' time,
1: yeah. And it might be just that they don't like the format or they just don't want to, or they don't like the golf know. course, or yeah, like there's, there's a lot of different uh, choices. They're all obviously looking down towards the, the Masters at this stage, so they're, they're kind of picking their own and um, their own way. We're definitely not professional gamblers, I think. What I might be looking at is, is looking at if I pick somebody or a couple of players from the outset. To see if they are moving forward to kind of like lay them off and try and make a bit of money that way. That's that's something that people um, might be interested in and having a look at some of the kind of different types of markets. Yeah, or back a
0: group winner maybe. You know, there's there's a lot of different markets this week, so you can have a little bit of fun with it if you're having a punt.
1: Um, I think we probably both agree that it's it's just simply a, a dark dart in the dartboard kind of moment and you know obviously you can look at the likes of the the President's Cup the Ryder Cups and look at guys who are you know somewhat more used to this format yeah good
0: good match play records will definitely lend itself to a, a higher chance of success in this and even guys with good amateur match play records, you know, they, they just have it in their blood. They're just good battlers when it comes to one on one.
1: Yeah, like someone like Shane Lowry, who, who, yep. who is is a guy who obviously would have played a lot of match play and and, and could battle his way through. It, it is really one. I think it's fair to say that we will be sitting back and just watching rather than necessarily getting to. This is the kind of tournament that I think you could end up taking all the money that you plan on putting down for the Masters. <laughs> And it could all dwindle away pretty quickly, so it might be one just to to sit back and
0: enjoy or if you 've got a good feeling, it could be building your pot. who knows <laughs> i I know that i 'm just going to sit back and watch and enjoy uh, it 's a nice nice, really nice change of pace to see match play. So uh, I'm I'm gonna just revel in that.
1: Well, that's it, and I suppose that that is our weekend plan starting Wednesday. So remember that if uh, it's not a Thursday start this week, it's a Wednesday to Sunday start. So uh, don't uh, don't all tune in on Thursday and wonder why we're we're mm. already in game So look, that is the WGC Dell Match Play. It it starts Wednesday, and uh, I suppose that that is all the tournaments for next week and the review of the previous week. So it just leaves me to say if anybody would like to get in contact with us, if they have any ideas of who might win the match play this week, you can let us know at a good talk golf. The email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Um, I'm playing at the weekend, you're playing at the weekend. Uh, well, if, we're,
0: correction, we're trying to play at the weekend, yeah, right attempting right to right. play golf. We're booked in for it. Oh, yeah, well, that's yeah.
1: true. Uh, so look if, if, if you're playing it enjoy it if you're watching it enjoy it um, otherwise we will talk to you again next week when we look back at this week's tournaments
0: bye bye yeah. well you're fine. bye bye <laughs>